I'm Gwyneth Paltrow, and you're listening to The Goop Podcast, made possible by our friends at Supernatural. At Goop, we spend a good amount of time researching like-minded businesses that are devoted to disrupting the industry with clean, hard-working products, which is how Supernatural's plant and mineral-based cleaning products first landed on our desks, and then later under our sinks and in our bathrooms. These game-changing cleaning solutions come from fellow female founder Susie Batise, and they're made with essential oils, so my house smells clean and fresh long after I use them. Most important of all, they work really hard to clean countertops, glass, wood, and every surface in between. Test out their range of cleaning formulas with the Supernatural Starter Kit and receive $10 off using code GOOP at supernatural.com. Hi again. Thanks for joining us. If this is your first time, here's what you can expect. Every Thursday, Goop editors will be sitting down with someone who has shown us a new way of thinking about some aspect of life. I'll be interviewing some guests who have completely changed our culture. You'll also hear a lot from my chief content officer, Elise Lunin. I know I'm biased, but I think she's the best interviewer around. On today's episode, I'm beyond excited to be interviewing Julia Roberts. It's hard to introduce Julia in 30 seconds, so I'll just say we are fortunate she has a new Prime Video series out called Homecoming. She stars in it and is an executive producer too. I got to ask Julia about Homecoming and much more. It was so fun, so I'll just cut right to it. 42 is my lucky number. Mm-hmm. That's my lucky number. Shut your fucking face. The next time you see Chris Martin, say, what's Gwyneth's lucky number? But it's so random and weird. It's insane that you're saying this. So mine came from because when we when I bought my first apartment in London, it was 42 Wilton Crescent. And I, for some reason, I was like, the number felt so good to me. And then Chris wrote a song called 42 on he one of did? Yes. And now whenever, and then it was like our number for a long time when we were together. <laughs> But I always think when I see it, I always felt like it was my dad going like, you're on the right track. And I see it everywhere. That's the weirdest thing. And Mosey, he got to pick his jersey number when he was at his last school and he chose 42. Wow. Why is yours 42? It was my favorite number. And then there was a boy that I liked in high school who didn't like me. And it was his basketball number. And then, and this is going to make it sound like it's not a good story, but my, my father passed away when he was 42, which now that I'm 50, be 51 on Sunday, is incomprehensible. So instead of it becoming a sad thing, it became this sort of talisman number yeah. to my dad. So How did he die? Uh, cancer of the esophagus and a non-smoker. Wow. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, bummer. How old were you? Nine. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. That's really... That's really hard to recover from. Yeah, but, you know, it's uh, it really is one of those character-building things, yeah. I think, ultimately. I think so, too. I mean, I still, I still am trying to reconcile the death of my father. Yeah. But you guys had a complete and fulfilling back-and-forth yeah. relationship. You had, you had minds together. I had shiny, sparkly love. Yeah. And all these fun, fond memories. 
Mm-hmm. But we didn't have that alliance as grown-up people. Right, because you and were only so that's nine. A different, right, of that's course. That's a different thing that breaks down. Yeah. It's sad, though. It really is. Um, it's like one of those, I don't know, they, it becomes like this specter, you know? Yeah. It's like something that always... And I guess you're, in a way, if you're nine, then it could it could have been anything. Like, Well, that's also the age I discover now as a parent where... 9, 10, 11, that's where you start to psychologically re- realize that you're actually separate from your parent. Right. And you start to actually worry that your parent can die. Mm-hmm. Because all my kids have kind of gone through it and come to me and at that age and like, are you going to die? Is daddy going to die? And I go, no, no. Of course. You say, no, 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 no. Right. But I realize, oh, wow, that just, it's interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I always think the trajectory of a life is so interesting and in how we grow and change and like the things that give our lives meaning and context. And I always think of you as like with your children that they had this incredible seismic impact on your life and the choices that you made. And and I sort of, you know, I had my daughter and I kind of quit for three years and then I sort of redesigned my life. She brought up all this stuff. But is that the case? Did they really change how you regarded yourself in the world and what the purpose of your trajectory was? Well, I think if kids don't do that, maybe you shouldn't have had them. <laughs> but I think it started. I think that first kind of real, I like, as you say, seismic shift it was Meeting Danny, getting married to Danny, that was when, that was the first, like, my life will never be the same in the most incredible, indescribable way. And so really... And why? Like, what was it about him or about you two together? God, I just don't even know. It's some kind of alchemy. It's some kind of... I mean, he truly, to this day, to this minute, is just my favorite human. I'm more interested in what he has to say or his point of view or just than anybody. Mm. Really. I mean, we're so lucky in that way. We just really, really like each other and we just enjoy each other's company and... And it's been a long time. Is it like 16 years? We've been married for 16 years. We've been together for 18 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. I know. That's a long time. It is a long time. And does it get better all the time? I think it does. You know, it just gets deeper. It just gets more complex because then all the things that you, you know, you're young and you fall in love and go, oh, yeah, you know, we're going to get married and we're going to build a house and we'll have kids and, you know, all these things that we all kind of dream of. But you don't know if you're going to like the same couch and you don't know if he's going to want to get like patterned towels that or you know and then of course the bigger ones are will you parent in a way that is that has balance to it that has um that holds hands in philosophy you just don't know these things right. until you are right there doing it and we are so fortunate that there's some kind of so much alignment harmony yeah to the way we do things because we do things differently i mean we are different humans but there's something together that just makes all the sense in the world 
It's beautiful and I think rare. You know, a lot of marriages you see, you think people make that choice with so much hope and such good pure intention and then as you say like life life can ding up a couple like Mm. it's it's hard and especially if you're not aligned so I always think it's so beautiful when I see people becoming more and more aligned as the years go by it's amazing so he so he was the first real shift for you I think just I felt I really had a a sense of ownership of my destiny Amazing. I've never said that before. It's really, I don't know if to examine it like that, it's, he's the be- he truly is the best decision I ever made in my entire life was Aww. to, was to hitch my wagon to Danny Motor. That's so romantic. <laughs> true. It is true. And how long had you been together before you had the twins? We were together, what year were they born? We got married in 2002. They were, they were born in 2004. Oh, right. Yeah. So pretty quickly. Yeah. I mean, a couple years. And what was that like? Hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and you got to be in it together when it's twins. Two of them. Oh, my gosh. It was a man-on-man situation. It was amazing. And did you sort of hunker down for a while? And We did. Well, that was like you're saying about taking three years off after you had Apple. It's, It's the the great joy of life to not only feel like I've worked really hard for 18 years. When my kids were born, I had been working for 18 years just as a professional. And so I really felt I had earned that time to to do whatever I wanted to yeah. with it, with these new people in our house. And you know, also like my best friend growing up, she had kids right out of college. She married her college sweetheart. And, you know, she's calling me from the office, like utility closet where she's pumping breast milk. And you just think like, wow, that's so as much as I felt I had earned it. I also knew from my other mom friends that what I was experiencing was an incredible luxury. Yeah, absolutely. I felt the same way. And I think also because I had, with both children, with Apple, I had like this crazy postnatal euphoria. And with Mosey, I had depression. Mm-hmm. But I was definitely dysregulated. And I, if I had had to go back right away into, I mean, I think women who have to do that are the bravest people yeah. in the entire world. Like, especially when, you know, you're not quite don't have all your strength and your And how do you capacity. even know what you have or what right. you don't have or if you're happy or not happy? Who, yeah. can, who can tell through the gray pallor and the <laughs> sweaty fatigue? And the breast milk stained t-shirts. God. Yeah. So how did you then, or how do you to this day reconcile working and, because the hours are super long, but I feel like you know, it looks like you have really figured out, like it's super balanced and <laughs> you're like, I'm just going to do this and then I'm going to be home and go to my house in New Mexico or whatever. Well, kind of. And I think I also get super lucky where things come at good timing. I mean, Danny and I, in all the years we've been together, only once have we worked at the same time, not together. Right. And it was seven weeks. Oh, man. And before that, I think maybe we'd been apart 10 days or something. And you didn't see him for seven weeks? For seven weeks. Oh, wow. That must have been quite the reunion. It was 
it was amazing because we went about we had kids and we went about it. I had the kids with me and you know, we would talk on the phone and the first time I, we actually got on Skype and I was like, "Finn, look, there's Daddy." And as soon as he saw me, just burst into tears. Oh. You know, he was 4 4 years old. It oh. was like I was like, "Oh, that I was I felt so heroic that I got Skype to work." <laughs> and then it's like but we came back together after 7 weeks and and I just remember, you know, we were all hugging and in just a big pile. And Danny said, okay, so let's not ever do that again. Aww. And I was like, yeah, I'm right. with you on that. <laughs> so how do you shoot a series and have kids that you drive to school every day? I also feel like you never miss anything. <laughs> You're always at every soccer game or whatever. <laughs> it's uh, Do they clone you, Julia Roberts? No, but you know what? It it honestly, it's it's my joy. We all make sacrifices, and sometimes I do miss games, and you know, and sometimes it works out amazingly. I mean, it's kind of it's it's crazy, and it has it has so much less to do with my plotting and calendaring, and just more to do with just divine intervention. That sometimes it's like, oh wow, I'm off that day. And they have their extra special program at school is that same day. You know, you know, Yeah. it's sometimes it just, it's smooth as silk. And sometimes you feel like you're just hitting all the branches on the way down. Do you have time for, you know, do you have like a group of girlfriends that you get to sneak out and go see? And who are they? Like, who is your <laughs> best girlfriend? Well, my best girlfriend of my whole life is Paige Sampson, uh-huh. and uh, we went to high school together. She's my best, best, best. Does I she mean, live here? She lives in Chicago. Okay. Yeah, one of the great things about Oprah filming in Chicago. <laughs> oh, yeah. I could see Paige, you know, every time I would go there. It was a great trip. But um, And also my older sister is, you know, one of my best friends, and I have a nice circle of girlfriends in my neighborhood that I see every Tuesday. We play Mahjong together. Oh, really? That's mm-hmm. so nice. Yeah. It's very civilized. Yeah. it's a, I call it a mental health day. Yeah. Because we catch up. We nice. kind of say, this crazy thing happened, and we you know share. We have food and play Mahjong. And, Are and they in the entertainment industry? No. No. Interesting. Yeah. Where did you meet? On the street? In your neighborhood? Kind of, yeah. Some of them are, are women from the street. Um, actually one of my best girlfriends, Sydney, I did meet her on the street. She was standing in the middle of the street talking to somebody and I drove past her and she looked over at me and I went, hi, as I drove by and she said, hi. And as I went past her, my kids who were, this was many years ago, were little, who is that? I said, I don't know. (laughs) And as I was coming back, I thought, oh, I hope she's not still there because I don't know why I was so friendly. And I don't want to have to continue to be friendly. But she was there. And as soon as I got close to her, I realized that her parents lived down the way from us in New Mexico. Ah. And she looks very much like the way you and Apple, she and Happy look very much the same. <laughs> and so I put it together right at that moment. And then we became is Friends. she in the Mahjong circle? She's in the Mahjong circle. How do you pronounce it? Mahjong. What is, what the fuck is Mahjong? It's a game. It's a, it's a Chinese Comprised game of, of tiles. What? It's I, tiles. I always, I never know what it is. It's so beautiful. I'm surprised you don't because you have such an aesthetic. 
I can't imagine that even if you can't play that you don't have a set because they're so gorgeous. I don't gorgeous. think I do. Okay. You might have to teach me how I'm, to. I think I'm going to have so to So that's this. your self-care. Yes. And is there anything else? Like, do you have a practice? Do you, like, do you meditate or yeah. exercise or anything? Yeah. Like what? We want to know. We need your secret. I know, secrets. but it's not. It's not. You the look good so like good you. right now. If you guys could <laughs> see Julia Roberts right now, I mean, this is my favorite way for people to see me is through you, <laughs> through you just talking. That's. I want this to be my photograph. I mean, I don't want to be shallow, but you are so gorgeous. I mean, if you're always gorgeous, but. Right now, I don't know what's going on. But you're on. such a good friend that you will text me you've, if you've seen me somewhere <laughs> and just say, you've got it going on. And it's such a little boost of confidence. We all need that. We do all need that, especially when we're, you know, over a certain age. Don't even get me started, Gwyneth Paltrow. But you look so good. I mean, it really, it's incredible. You look healthy and happy and fit. I think, thank you. I think it's, I think happy is, is the critical piece. I do. I think so too. Yeah. But you don't have any rules or things, you know, like I, you know, hydration or, you know, things you aim for. Like I do aim for hydration and then I will at four o'clock go, wow, I I don't think I've had any water today. So all of it, it takes such focus that sometimes just is not available to me. Yeah, it's true. For me, I find that if I don't do something for myself in the day, I really, I really lose my mind. But you have like a real job and a whole, you're running, you know, an empire. It's not an empire. And so what are you doing? Because you know everything. It's like, (laughs) I'm, I'm picking from choices of three things that I might've read about on Yelp. Like you've got all the... You, you're the encyclopedia of what I want to know. And I went to your bathroom and I looked in all the cabinets. Was there anything good in there? A couple of things that I recognized and I thought, oh, wait, I think I've, saw, I've seen this once before. <laughs> I should probably ask Gwyneth what it does. <laughs> Amy Sedaris uh, says when you have people over, you should always put marbles in your cabinets. Why? <laughs> when people Oh, <laughs> oh God. that's so dark. Yeah. Well, then you know. I know, but that's people are really rifling like, through your bits. Wow, God, that's actually a really I think it's hilarious. <laughs> oh my God, I feel like I just do. Um, I don't know. I do what I can squeeze in. But what's your exercise regime? Well, I try to mix it up a little bit. I still am very devoted to my Tracy Anderson. Yeah, she's amazing. So I try to do that three times a week. And then I do yoga probably a couple times a week. Yeah. And then recently, actually, because my doctor was talking to me about bone density. Oh, plyometrics. And other wonderful effects of aging. (laughs) (laughs) That I needed to do some heavier weights. Mm -hmm. And so I started going to a trainer once in a while named Harley who does heavier weights and stuff like that yeah I do find I really do like walking like he's gotten me walking again so now you know if I have a meeting at work that doesn't require like a powerpoint like we'll take a walk or sometimes Brad and I after dinner we'll just take a walk that's nice it is nice it's really and it's nice to be outside and I walk a lot more now and I think it's a really good form of exercise and Harley says it's very calorie burning so (laughs) 
but nothing that, you know, I think because my father died when at such an impressionable time, mm-hmm. I always am looking through things through, through the lens of like, is, am I going to be healthy for my kids? Like, so there's something I think positive about it and also something that's driven by some fear and, you know, maybe doesn't come from such a good place, but I do like feeling strong. Of course. I think it's a good feeling. Yeah. Right? Inside and out. Yeah. And I think for me, you know, the inside part took a really long time. I think until I was in my late 30s, I really feel like I I kind of didn't know which way was up. I think I was a late bloomer in that way. Mm. And it wasn't until I always think when I, you know, when I turned 40, I had a real like something happened. And it's when I started to really examine, okay, this is the data that I've gathered so far about who I am in my life, and I just don't know about this. <laughs> and I think that's when I started to really find strength and some degree of self-acceptance. And I feel like it was late for me. Mm-hmm. And such a gift when it finally started happening and to give myself the permission to go through that process. And I think for women, something happens when you turn 40. Did you feel like that? I don't know. I mean, turning 40, I thought was pretty cool. Turning 50 was cool. I mean, I I don't know. I think I'm always in a process sort of of self-examination. Also because we're constantly sort of examined and scrutinized. And and so I think with the the good things said and the bad things said, you somewhere in your mind are constantly measuring on some level of, huh, is that true? Mm. No, the answer is no. Well, or you say, <laughs> is that, do I really deserve that praise even? Right. Or, you know, so there's always, I think, a, a little unconscious personal measurement that you're taking yeah. a lot. Which is a specific occupational hazard, I think. Yeah, but it can also be, you know, I don't know, there's something, and you know, there's something very humbling when you have kids, you know, and you come home from some event and you have on, you know, this big dress and heels and diamonds and it's like, can I have a snack? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, babe. Let me just, give me just one second. I'll, <laughs> I get you a snack. And you go, Yeah. It's very grounding. It is. Yeah. It's, I mean, you just saw my daughter just like take me down upstairs, (laughs) my 14-year-old. I mortify her. It was pretty gentle, but I loved it. Mom, you need to just listen to what I'm saying, (laughs) which really, don't we all want to say that maybe 20 times a day? And I love, the, the great thing about kids is they say what they think. I know. And hopefully with kindness in the tone. As I feel my kids are, you know, even as teenagers, they really are very um, compassionate. Yeah. You know, even when they're frustrated or whatever, they share things in a way that that you can hear and think, you know, okay, well, I'm going to take responsibility for that. Have you developed sort of a philosophy with Danny around how you're going to raise the kids? Like, did you say, let's try to do X, Y, and Z? Well, mm, no. No, (laughs) but part of it is it can't be, it's the thing that cannot be named because it's constantly evolving and, 
and it's in constant flow and flux. And so we can't say let's raise our kids like this because, number one, they're three very different people. Mm-hmm. And one week is this and then the next week it's, you know, especially if they're at an age where all of a sudden they, they wake up and they're giants and there's not enough food in the house. and Especially for those boys. Oh, my. Especially if they do sports. God, if I leave the kitchen some weekends, <laughs> I feel like I've won the lottery, you know. <laughs> It's just a constant, like, cooking and then cleaning and, oh, hungry again. (laughs) Let me just chop up this entire watermelon. And before I have the the rinds in the compost, thank you very much, it's gone. Amazing. But also, I think the great thing about people that come together to intertwine their lives is, you know, Danny had a very different upbringing than I did. And so I come to things in a different way point of view and he comes to things in a different point of view and they don't always intersect perfectly but I think they you know they they inform each other's worlds right you know I I think he had more of a sort of classic upbringing of you know experience and travel and you know just more access to information and places and where did he grow up he grew up in southern california oh okay so for me it's you know i just think of i mean my mom did an incredible job uh her checkbook was just like calligraphy she balanced every she had everything she knew where every penny and Mm. it was incredible so still when i pull my checkbook out and people go you have a checkbook do you have a checkbook? I do. You have to have a checkbook. I totally love yeah. my checkbook. I love it my checkbook, It makes me feel too. like a grown-up. And it makes me feel secure because if my credit card gets declined... <laughs> You've got your checkbook. I, I don't know if people my... still take checks. They but do I've... take checks. If <laughs> <laughs> you have ID, they'll take your check. So anyway, I'm just coming from a different place, and it's it's yeah. nice that we can find, you know, that moment where those two things can... So nice. Can find each other. How many times a week do you guys have sex? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'll tell you before I leave. Let's take a quick break to talk about our partner. Starting a company is always challenging, especially when you're growing a female-led business from the ground up with a commitment to creating useful, high-quality products without any questionable conventional ingredients. And no, I'm not talking about goop. Supernatural is a new household cleaning product company that's choosing to revolutionize the industry. They're asking a lot of the same questions we do, like this one. Do the products that our families use need to include harmful ingredients to work well? Supernatural's concentrates are the real deal. You just mix them with water in their reusable glass spray bottles. They're household products you can actually feel good about using, meaning no toxins, just super effective plant-based ingredients and essential oils, which leave my entire house smelling like fresh basil, peppermint, and grapefruit. The Supernatural Starter Kit includes four formulas, one for the bathroom, one for glass, one for wood, and one for countertops. Test out their range of cleaning formulas with the Supernatural Starter Kit and receive $10 off using code GOOP at Supernatural.com. Now, let's get back to Julia. You know what I've always wanted to ask you is, you seem to, like, have this incredible camaraderie with your male co-stars. Is that true? And 
It's, and my female co-stars. Yes, but like there's something, you know, like if you see you and George Clooney together, you're like, <laughs> whatever is happening there, I want to be in the middle of it. I want to sandwich myself. Yeah. There's like something so, so is he your favorite co-star, male co-star? No, I mean, honestly, I have been really, I've just had great fortune with the fellas. Have you ever had a bad one? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, me too. But it's so, George actually said once, um, when we were kind of talking about, you know, doesn't it stink sometimes when you're just like on a movie and everything's great, but there's like one person that just doesn't get the vibe or, you know. So we're all kind of commiserating. Oh, yeah, we've all had that experience where one person just kind of doesn't get it. They're just, they're kind of blowing it for everything. And he goes, yeah, but you know what's great about that person is you have somebody to talk about at the end of the night when you're all having a drink before you go to bed. And it's, you know, he's, he is the, the sunny side up. Oh, he's, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> I always sort of, when people ask me this question, I think they expect the same answer, but do you have films that you, and you know, have done that you feel like I'm really proud of what that contributed to the world of cinema? Like, do you feel, which are the ones that make you proud of your contribution? Wow, I've never really considered my contribution to the world of cinema. What? Girl. I mean, I, I think of it more like. Julia Roberts. No, no I think about are you like. crazy? My, I don't know. My contribution to, I don't, I don't know. I just picture people in the living room or, or in the hospital. I mean, honestly, I've had so many people that would just say to me, like, I was, you know, my grandmother was in the hospital and we watched Pretty Woman, you know, 25 times. And it just was the thing that always made her feel better. Or I don't know. Stuff it like that. It always makes me feel better, too. <laughs> it's kind of the best movie of all time. Let's face it. I mean, let's face it. It really is. I remember seeing that movie. I think I was a senior in high school. And I was like, oh, I am in love with a woman. Hmm. I like wanted to marry you. I wanted to be you. I've I've never had that experience. I think before or since. Wow. No, really. That is the highest praise. No, it's true. I'm glad this is being recorded. (laughs) I have that on a loop. That's going to be my outgoing um, voicemail. Literally everyone feels that way. Everyone. Mm. I promise. I don't think so. But are there other movies that you've, I mean, obviously that was such a like major cultural moment, but you've, you've done some really good movies. I have. I mean, gosh, I've just had the smartest people ask me to join in their fun. And honestly, I mean, uh, this is my dream job. Yeah. And it has been a dream with very few exceptions for 30 years. Amazing. And you still love it? Oh my gosh. I just, my last job was maybe one of my favorite jobs of all time. Which one was that? It was a, a TV series I just did called Homecoming. Okay. I watched the first one last night. You did? I am obsessed. <laughs> and let me just caveat that by saying I have no idea like what I'm watching. Like, I'm like, wait, is it, am I scared? Is it a romance? Yeah. Like, what's I've never felt more on the edge of my seat without yeah. something scary happening. Yes. If that makes sense. Yes. And I think that guy who Sam how do Esmail. you Esmail makes incredible. Like the tone is yeah. so unique, 
And I loved his show, Mr. Robot. Yes. I was obsessed with it. I have to say, the second season, I was like, I'm not smart enough. Like, I, I couldn't understand what was happening. I had to really, like... Like he he must be one of the most brilliant. He's, he's super he's brilliant. intellectual. Yes, but he's also I don't know. I keep saying to people like on paper, Sam and I are different planets, but we became lifelong friends in the first five seconds that we. Amazing! Like one of those soulmate on paper things. it doesn't make any sense. You know, you kind of, you go, okay, this is Sam Esmail. Okay, got it, got it, got it. Okay, this is Julia Roberts. Got it, got it, got it. Yeah. It's really, I mean, I cannot wait for you to leave so I can watch it's, the second one. <laughs> well, I can't wait to leave so you can watch it because I love it so is it much. Is scary? Like, tell me, what am it's I feeling? Not, it's I can't... not, no, everything you said is correct. It's not scary per se, but it does keep you, wait till, wait till Sissy Spacek comes into it <gasps> sissy space again yes in it? yes oh my god this just went from amazing yeah. to even more amazing yeah i love sissy space i know too. she plays my mom oh my god what a dream yeah it's very haunting i don't tell me anything i'm not i mean listen I, some friends of mine came to the toronto film festival where they showed the first four episodes yeah, because it's only half an hour. Yes. Which, by the way, thank you, Sam Esmail. Yes. Because the half-hour drama is the new it's black. Am- <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. Because when he said, oh, half-hour drama, I was like, no. What's that? Have, no, only teenagers have a half-an-hour drama. <laughs> like, you have to invest in this. We're grown-ups, you know. And it's <laughs> genius. It's genius. He is so fantastic. But can I tell you, for as much as... His absolutely surgical detail. I mean, I'm talking about like centimeters of a camera frame. I'm talking wow. about everything is so considered. He is the happiest person on the set. Wow. Well, we're tied. <laughs> That's what we have. That's rare. It's the thing that usually I those think kind of artists are so tortured. He is a happy, happy person, and that's where we just align. You just joined Instagram. <gasps> I did, and I am thrilled. I love you on Instagram. You do it's amazing. I love. I mean, you know, I'm like your number one fan girl, I'm and so I have been right for my now. whole life. So I love seeing your little snippets on Instagram. It's Thank just so, you. especially because you have such a warm presence anyway, just that's just you. But then you just, you know, you see you and you just feel, it just feels good. Why did you join? Well, because I think Instagram, I mean, I think it's cool. I love seeing my friends and kind of where they are, what they're doing. Like it's, it's a little scrapbook. Yeah. Right. And I just, I kind of like it. And my kids were sort of urging me and. Are they on it? My older kids are. But private. Yeah, but they go back and forth. Like Hazel will, you know, when school started, she deleted it because she just felt she needed to focus. And, you know, it's... Brainiac. Um, <laughs> she's she's a good girl. <laughs> she's She's got her priorities straight. But it's just one of those things I thought, okay, well, if it can be fun and it can just be what I want it to be, then, yeah. then I'll do it. And how is the experience of it? It's been pretty good. It's been pretty good. I mean, it's funny. Sometimes I... I think I'm blowing it, and then I realize, oh wait, but it 
It doesn't matter. Oh, no, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And you, you can't blow it. That's sort of the thing, right? But then it's fun to share, you know, just a a happy moment or some funny thing or... You know what I want you to put on your Instagram? Your food that you make. Oh. Can you? But is that... But so are people awesome? sick of seeing food? Not if it's yours. Look, she's shaking her head. No, she's dying really? to see... It. Yes. People don't know what a good cook you are. I know, but do they care? Yes. Unless they're deeply. in my house. No, deeply. We all care. I think you should just do little... Just do one for me and see how it goes over. <laughs> I'll send it to you ahead of time. Okay. I was thinking of doing this, and this is what I was going to say. What you do you have think? To. It's so. I mean, you're such a good cook. I love to cook. I do love to cook. It how is a many, relentless pursuit, though. It is. How many days a week do you cook? Well, I prepped dinner fully before I left today because I won't be home till. That's so nice. And does Danny cook it? Danny, no, well, I, the Danny's at work. Okay. And so, um, babysitter. Yes. So I just kind of said, this is, this is what That's to do it. with everything that I have on the counter right here. And then I was able to, I was, I was at home long enough last night before I went to work where I made dinner and just, it was sort of done and in the oven before. And I what left. are your sort of go tos? Well, it's interesting you say this because I think we all get caught in these, the um, rut. in the rotation I rut. Know, me too. And I recently said to my Mahjong girlfriends, <laughs> I said, you know, we should, everybody has the seven things that they cook over and over and over for dinner. Right. So I said, let's bring in our seven things and swap them. Because sometimes all I need is a new idea. Yes. And I do love to sit down with a gorgeous cookbook and kind of pour through it. Yeah. But sometimes there's not time for that. Mm-hmm. And I'll say to the kids in the morning driving to school, like, what do you guys think for dinner? Mm, I don't know. I go, that's not helpful. Yeah, like, that's I need all they some, ever say. I need I some know. fresh ideas. Yeah. Do you like a one-pan dish? Do you follow books? Do you just riff? How do you do it? I don't riff. Danny riffs. I don't know... I've obviously kind of got a lot of things down just in my head, but I, you know, I love a recipe. I'll follow a recipe. I have your cookbooks oh, on my shelves, and I love that. I, I, you know, I love. Would you ever write a cookbook? Do you think? Well, I want to. Yes, but I think it would be, it would just be a a little one off, funny. All I have now is the title for it. Which, which I, is? I, I'll, I'll tell you. Okay. I'll tell you when we talk about sex. Oh, okay. Oh, I get private cookbook and sex talk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what I just want to ask you really quick is about um, Ben's back. Ben is back. Ben is back. Comes out in December. And just tell me quickly about it. It is a beautiful story about this family. It takes place in one day, 24 hours, Christmas Eve morning to Christmas morning. Okay. It's about a family who one of the kids I'm married to Courtney Vance the amazing Courtney Vance amazing. and he and I have two younger kids together and then is I have to Angela Bassett he yes. is okay Just I mean can you right. imagine no that is a power couple right yeah there. so I have two older kids from my first marriage played beautifully by Catherine Newton plays my 17-year-old daughter, and then Lucas Hedges plays my older son, and he has been struggling with a drug problem and is in a sober living facility but has come home for this Christmas 
Another homecoming. This is a theme in your life right it's now. It's a theme in my life. And I all, I just keep trying to go home, <laughs> but I can't stay home because I'm going everywhere talking about homecoming and the homecoming of Ben is back. <laughs> but at least you know how it is. I love these two projects. Yeah. I when love you love it, you can my talk about coworkers. It. It's so great. And it does make it a lot easier. And it and my kids understand it better. They're like, oh, are you going to see Lucas? You know, they're sort of, you know, oh, well, when you see Sam, because Sam and his wife have come over to our house a bunch of times and they love to play games. And so we play games and they hang out with the kids. And it just, it makes it when those little gaps between work and home get bridged, there's yeah. nothing better, there's really. There's nothing better. Food, friendship, like-mindedness. Yeah. That's why I love you, Julia mm, Roberts. I love you, Gwyneth. <laughs> Thank you for coming to talk to me. About... I'm so happy to do this. I'm so honored. This I'm... whole setup you've got here, this is... We're trying to be profesh. I'm going to come back. Okay, good. You have to come and cook with me. That is my <gasps> dream. I told you really? well, years ago. Well, your kitchen is redunculous. You have to do it at some point. Okay. Okay. I'm going to... Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Julia Roberts. I feel like the Goop podcast has really made it now. You can watch Julia's new show, Homecoming, on Prime Video. If you have a question you'd like me to answer here, send it over to Goop on Instagram or Facebook. That's it for this episode of the Goop podcast. If you have a chance, please rate, review, and let us know what you think. To keep up with new episodes, just hit subscribe. And don't forget to tell your friends. For more info, check out goop.com slash the podcast. See you soon.